I love that hymn. The Lord says to Nicodemus, No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. Even the Son of Man, which is, present tense, while I'm speaking to you, in heaven. The Son of Man. Jesus Christ is God. I love saying that. I don't think there's anything I enjoy saying more than that. Jesus Christ is God. He's the creator. He's the son of God. He's the son of Mary. He's the carpenter's son. He's the son of David. He's the beloved son. He's the only begotten son. He is the one speaking to Moses from the bush who said, I am that I am. He is the child born, but the son given. The son was not born. The son is eternal. The one in whose shoulders the government rests. He's the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Is it any wonder that that song we just heard said how tedious and tasteless the hours when Jesus no longer I see? Because of who he is. He's the lion of the tribe of Judah. He's the lamb of God. He is the brightness of God's glory. He's not a flickering candlestick. He's the brightness of the glory of God, the express image of his person, the very transcript of God. He is the one who is the word, who was with God and was God. He is the day spring from on high the bright and morning star. He's the bridegroom. He's the altogether lovely one. He's the Christ, the Messiah, God's salvation, the word of God. And what was the name that he most frequently designated to himself by far? When I've given all these names of who he is, Here was his favorite name, the Son of Man. Isn't that amazing? The Son of Man. And you know, his disciples 
never addressed him that way. But that's what he called himself, the son of man. Would you turn with me for a moment to Daniel chapter 7? Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. Daniel's right after Ezekiel. Daniel chapter 7, verse 13. Daniel says, I saw in the night visions, and behold, one like the Son of Man. Now, before I go on, that's the same one that Nebuchadnezzar saw, isn't it? When he said, did we not cast three men into the fiery furnace? And lo, I see four men walking, not bound. And one is like unto the Son of God. Do you know if you ever see him, you'll recognize him. Without question. How did he know? Well, he saw who he was. And he recognized. He's always recognized when seen because of who he is. Now let's go on reading. I saw in the night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man came with the clouds of heaven and came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him, and there was given him dominion and glory and a kingdom that all people, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away, and his kingdom, that which shall not be destroyed. The Son of God is the Son of Man, whose kingdom is eternal. Now, he refers to himself 87 times in the Gospels as the Son of Man. This is the designated name of Messiah. And it has something to do with his perfect humanity. Don't you love thinking about this? I love to think of the 33 years he walked upon this earth. I like to think of the first 30 of which we're so ignorant of, but we know there was never a life like this life. The only man to ever obey God perfectly, the only holy man to ever live, and something that always uh, impresses me is the fact that here this holy man is, and those who were around him didn't know. His brothers and sisters did not know. <clears throat> his suffering in his manhood as the Son of Man, which cannot be described, his death as the Son of Man, his resurrection as the Son of Man, the man who is King of kings and Lord of lords in a human body. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead in a body. He is Christ, the Messiah, the one mediator between God and men, the man, Christ, Jesus. And this one who is the Son of Man loves men. He loves men. I want to read a kind of lengthy passage of scripture, but it's glorious. Proverbs chapter 8, where he is um, personified as wisdom in this chapter. I want to read the whole chapter because it was such a blessing 
to me to read it, and I'd like to read it again to you with regard to the Son of Man and how the wise man uh, concludes this statement. Now listen to this. Christ is wisdom. Doth not wisdom cry? And understanding put forth her voice. She standeth in the top of high places by the way in the places of the paths. She crieth at the gates at the entry of the city, at the coming in at the doors. Unto you, O men, I call. And my voice is to the sons of man. This is who he speaks to, men. O ye simple, understand wisdom. And ye fools, be ye of an understanding heart. Hear, for I will speak of excellent things. The opening of my lips shall be right things. For my mouth shall speak truth. And wickedness is an abomination to my lips. All the words of my mouth are in righteousness. There's nothing fraud or perverse in them. They're all plain to him that understandeth. And right to them that find knowledge. Receive my instruction and not silver. And knowledge rather than choice gold. For wisdom is better than rubies. And all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge of witty inventions. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride, and arrogancy, and the evil way. And the froward mouth do I hate. Counsel is mine. And sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. By me kings reign. And princes decree justice. By me princes rule. And nobles, even all the judges of the earth. I love them that love me. And those that seek me early shall find me. Riches and honor are with me. Yea, durable riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold. Yea, than fine gold. And my revenue than choice silver. I lead in the way of righteousness. In the midst of the paths of judgment that I may cause those that love me to inherit substance and I will fill their treasures. The Lord possessed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old. I was set up from everlasting from the beginning or ever the earth was. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no fountains abounding with water. Before the mountains were settled, before the hills was I brought forth, while as yet he had not yet made the earth, nor the fields, nor the highest part of the dust of the world. When he had prepared the heavens, I was there. When he set a compass upon the face of the depth, when he established the clouds above, when he strengthened the fountains of the deep, when he gave to the sea his decree that the waters should not pass his commandment, when he appointed the foundations of the earth, then I was by him. As one brought up with him, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him, rejoicing in the habitable parts of the earth, and my delights were with the sons of men. This is the Son of Man speaking. Now therefore hearken unto me, O ye children, for blessed are they that keep my way. Hear instruction and be wise and refuse it not. Blessed is the man that heareth me, watching daily at my gates, waiting at the posts of my doors. For whoso findeth me, findeth life, 
and shall obtain favor of the Lord. But he that sinneth against me wrongeth his own soul. All that hate me love death. <laughs> what a description of the Son of Man. Now, back to our text in John chapter 3. He's speaking to Nicodemus, a man who knew the scriptures, a very religious man. And he says in verse 13, no man hath ascended up to heaven. Now, I guarantee you, Nicodemus thought, what about Elijah? What about Enoch? They went to heaven. They didn't ascend to heaven by their own power. They were brought into heaven. The Lord Jesus Christ is the only one to ascend to heaven. No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven. What do you think Nicodemus was thinking when the Lord said, I came down from heaven? What would you think about me if I said, I came down from heaven? Well, you'd think the same thing that I'd be thinking about you. You're delusional. You're crazy. Why are you making such statements? Perhaps Nicodemus was thinking this as the Lord made this statement, I came down from heaven. The only one to ascend up into heaven and there, I think it's very interesting, the word is actually in the perfect tense, meaning it's already happened. Before it took place, it's already happened. No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Right now, while I'm speaking to you, and you see me here on earth, I'm in heaven. What must have gone through his mind? Turn with me for a moment to John chapter 6. Now here the same thing is going on with the Pharisees. They say in verse 31, Our fathers did eat manna in the desert. As it's written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven. But my Father giveth you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he which cometh down from heaven. There that word is. He cometh down from heaven. And giveth life unto the world. Well, they didn't get it. They said unto him, Lord, evermore give us this bread. All they thought about was bread to eat that would satisfy them. And uh, maybe they could have it all the time and wouldn't have to work anymore. They were interested in this bread. Lord, evermore give us this bread. And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. I'm that bread that came down from heaven. I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger. And he that believeth on me shall never thirst. Now that's such an important verse of scripture for me and you to understand. What's it mean to come to Christ? To believe on Christ. The exact 
same thing. Coming and believing. It's the same act. Verse 36. But I said unto you that you also have seen me and believe not. However, all that the Father giveth me shall come to me. You don't believe, but some will. That's what he's saying. You don't believe, but some will. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. And him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. For I came down from heaven. There he says it again. For I came down from heaven. Not to do my own will. But the will of him that sent me. I came down from heaven because I was sent of God to come down from heaven and to do something. You know, he said in John chapter 8, 42, I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I of myself, but he sent me. I love that scripture in John six twenty nine, where he says, This is the work of God that you believe on him whom he hath, what? Sent. The Father sent him. He said, I, I came down from heaven. Not to do my own will, but the will of him that sent me. And he tells us exactly what that is. And this is the Father's will which has sent me, that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing. Now he said, I was sent for this purpose. Here's another way to say the same thing, to save the elect. That's exactly what he's saying. He said, I'm not sent, but for the lost sheep of the house of Israel. I've come to save the elect. And I've heard people make an objection. How can you call upon people to believe if he only died for the elect? You come, you'll be received. You believe on him, he'll receive you. Don't uh, think that this would prevent you from coming. Uh, This is the reason you will come if you come. Whosoever will. I love that scripture. I always want to make that. Whosoever will. Let him take the water of life freely. This is not talking about some kind of exclusive club. The door's open for anybody who will come. But he only came to save the elect. And the point being that if he died for you, you're going to be in heaven. All your sins are put away You're better than sure as if you're already there. You're already there because he's already there. He said he was in heaven, didn't he? If he's in heaven, I am too because I'm united to him. Now he says, I came down from heaven. This is the will of him that, uh, this is the father's will which has sent me that of all which he hath given me, I should lose nothing but raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me that everyone that seeth the son And believeth on him may have everlasting life. And I raise him up at the last day. Now notice the order. This is so important. Everyone that seeth the Son. You won't believe till you see him. And when you see him, you know what? You will believe. There's no one who's ever seen the Son that did not believe. The folks that didn't believe didn't really see who he really was. If you see the Son, you will believe. Believe Now, this is the will of him that sent me, that everyone that seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I'll raise him at the last day. The Jews then murmured at him because he said, I'm the bread which, what? 
came down from heaven. They just couldn't get past that. What do you mean you came down from heaven? And they said, is not this Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How is it then that he saith, I came down from heaven? Jesus therefore answered and said unto them, Murmur not among yourselves. No man can come to me except the Father which has sent me draw him and I will raise him up at the last day. It's written in the prophets and they shall be all taught of God. Every man therefore that hath heard and hath learned of the Father cometh unto me. Not that any man has seen the Father save he which is of God. He has seen the Father. Verily I say unto you, he that believeth on me hath everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers did eat man in the wilderness and they're dead. This is that bread which came down from heaven. That a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. The Jews therefore strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give his flesh to eat? Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, Except you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life. And I'll raise him at the last day, for my flesh is meat indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood dwelleth in me, and I in him. As the living Father hath sent me, and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, even he shall live by me. This is the bread which came down from heaven. Not as your fathers did eat man and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught in Capernaum. Many therefore of the disciples, when they'd heard this, they said, this is a hard saying. This is a unreasonable, harsh how can we be expected to believe something like this? How can we be expected to believe he came down from heaven? How can you believe you expect us to believe he was sent of God and that he accomplished what he said he came to do? How are we supposed to believe this? Many, therefore, of his disciples said, this is a hard saying. Who can hear it that he came down from heaven? When Jesus knew it himself, his disciples murmured at it. He said, and then were you offended by this? That I came down from heaven? And I came down to do my Father's will. Does this offend you? <laughs> what? And if you should see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before. <laughs> if you're offended by me saying I'm going to come down from heaven, you'll really be offended when you see me rising back to the Father as an act of my own power and will having accomplished salvation. Um. He looks at um, Nicodemus. Look back in chapter 3, verse 12. No man hath ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man, which is in heaven. Now, not only does he say that I came down from heaven, he says, right now, present tense, I am in heaven. 
sitting here in this, or standing here in this particular longitude and latitude here on planet Earth where you're looking at me, I'm right here while I'm speaking to you. I am in heaven. And when he says the Son of Man is in heaven, that is in the present tense right now while I'm speaking to you. I, the one who came down from heaven and will ascend back into heaven, I am in heaven as we speak. Now, there's a place called heaven. God's dwelling place. The place of the holy angels. The place of the saints who have died. And right now, present tense, I'm there. Now, while he had all the limitations of a man, with the exception of the commission of sins, he never lost any of the attributes of God. Not a one of them. In him dwelleth all. A double L, all. The fullness of the Godhead bodily. While he had the limitations of the flesh. Like you and I do, limited to space and time in the flesh. He never stopped being God omnipresent. That's how glorious this glorious being is. Now, how can a body on earth be omnipresent and be in heaven? I don't know, but he is. How can God be one God and three distinct persons? I don't know, but he is. How can my sin be lifted off of me by God, placed in his son, and his son bear it and become guilty of the commission of it and pay for it? How can that be? I don't know, but he did. He did. How could the God-man die? I don't know, but he did. How could the God-man raise himself from the dead when he was actually dead three days in a tomb? I don't know, but he did. I believe with all my heart the Son of Man who is the Son of God came down from heaven and was in heaven when he was down here because of who he is. I repeat his favorite title, the title he used most often with regard to himself, is the Son of Man. Now I want to close by just reading you some scriptures, making very little comment. I'm not going to ask you uh, to turn to these, but I'd like you to listen very carefully to these scriptures the Lord gave when he was giving us his name as the Son of Man. Matthew eight twenty: foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man hath nowhere to lay his head. He who created the universe owned no personal property here on earth. He would have been what we would call a street person. 
He didn't have a home. You and I are going to go home tonight. Well, he would go out and lay out in the garden all night. Matthew 9, 6. That you may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins. You remember when they heard that? They said, none but God only can forgive sins. That's true. The Son of Man is God. And whether or not you and I are forgiven or not forgiven is in his hand. Matthew eleven nineteen. he said, the son of man came eating and drinking. I love that, don't you? A man among men. And what did men say about that? They said, behold, a man gluttonous, a wine-bibber, the friend of publicans and sinners. But wisdom is justified of her children. God's children justify him in all he does. Matthew 12, 8 says the Son of Man is Lord. He's Lord of creation. He's Lord of providence. Everything that's happening, he's in control of. He's Lord of salvation. He said the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. Matthew 12, 40, as Jonah was three days and three nights in the well's belly, so shall the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. The son of man's dead body was in that tomb three days. What was going on during those three days? I have no idea. Evidently, we don't need to know or he would have made it known. But I know this. The moment he died, God's elect were justified. And I love to think of him laying in that body, that, that, that tomb dead. And I, I love to think of all of a sudden his his heart started pumping. He started breathing. He opened his eyes. He lives! Matthew 13, 37 says, He that soweth the good seed is the Son of Man. Do you know anytime you or I hear the gospel and the power of the Holy Spirit, you know who's preaching to us? The Son of Man. He's the one who sows the good seed. Matthew chapter 13, 41 says, The Son of Man shall send forth his angels and shall gather out of the kingdom all things that offend and that do iniquity and cast them into the furnace of fire. There shall be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then, not until then, then shall the righteous shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. You can't see me shining like the sun now and I can't see you shining like the sun but we will, we will in the kingdom of our father. Matthew 16, three, <clears throat> whom say men that I, the son of man am. Well, they say good things about you. No, they weren't really good. They were derogatory. They thought they were good, but they were derogatory. Whom say ye that I am? Thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Matthew eighteen eleven, the son of man has come to save that which was lost. And Luke 19.10 says, the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Matthew 20.28 says, the Son of Man came not to be ministered to, 
but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many. Matthew chapter 24, verse 27 says, For as the lightning cometh out of the east and shineth forth from the west, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. Don't you love to think of him coming back physically as the, the man Christ Jesus, the Son of Man? The lightning is going to shine. Everybody at that time is going to know exactly who he is. How will they know? You'll know when you see. Matthew 25, 31 says, When the Son of Man cometh in his glory and all the holy angels with him, then shall he set upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another as the shepherd divides his sheep from the goats. You know, when they said, are, are, you, are you the son of the blessed? He said, hereafter shall ye see the son of man sit on the right hand of power in absolute sovereign rule. I love this, Luke 9, 36, the Son of Man came not to destroy men's lives, but to save them. Don't ever forget that. Luke 18, 9, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? What a question. I want him to find me believing, don't you? Luke 22, 48, Judas Betrayest thou the Son of Man with a kiss? Luke 24, 6 and 7, the angel speaking to the disciples. Remember how he spake to you in Galilee, saying the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and the third day rise again. Oh, why must he? Because it was God's purpose. Because of the absolute justice of God. Because of the grace, mercy, and love of God. There was a divine necessity in this. And then John chapter 3 verse 14. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness. Now this is very important. I'm going to be preaching a separate message on this sometime soon. But when the Lord was given the instructions regarding the new birth. This was part of it. And I think it's interesting that when he's giving instructions with regard to the new birth, this is what he selects to illustrate the gospel that must be believed and preached for this new birth to come about. As Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believeth on him should not perish but have eternal life. Now, I think it's real interesting. A lot of folks know John 3, 16, don't they? Not many people, if you ask them, what's John 3, 14 and 15 say? They say, what? Didn't know there was one. Uh, you can't understand John 3, 16 without verses 14 and 15. That's the gospel. And that is what God uses to beget life. John 5, 27, he hath given him authority to execute judgment because he is the Son of Man. Except ye eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you find him as your necessary sustenance. You have no life in you. The hour is coming and now is when the Son of Man 
shall be glorified. Speaking of the cross, that's why he came. And that's how he is glorified. Speaking of his death, aren't you thankful that the Son of God's favorite title was the Son of Man? Amen. Let's pray. Lord, how we thank you that thy blessed Son called himself the Son of Man. And as the Son of Man, he saved men. And Lord, we ask in his name that every one of us might be saved by his grace. In his name we pray. Amen.